0: Hello, and welcome to the Little Black Dress Academy, a space where women heal, grow, and glow through the power of feminine mindset mastery. I'm your host, Jasmine E. Let's talk about it. So, this is part two of the Manifest Your Fabulous Destiny series, and so excited to be sharing this part with you because this episode is all about shadow work and how it factors into the world of manifestation. Out of the four outlines I have written for this series, this one was the most exciting and also the most challenging. On the one hand, I'm looking forward to demystifying shadow work for those who don't know about it. However, it made me reflect on my own ongoing shadow work and how even with this podcast, I still have so much more uncovering to do. More on that later. But for now, let's start with the origin of shadow work, starting with defining the shadow self. Contrary to popular belief, the concept of the shadow self isn't rooted in magic or mysticism. It's rooted in psychology. Carl Jung, who is a major pillar in the field of psychology, defined the shadow self as, and I quote, the hidden or unconscious aspects of an individual's personality, which includes emotions, desires, beliefs, and traits that are typically repressed, denied, or kept out of conscious awareness, end quote. The reason why all of this is called the shadow is because they are not readily visible or acknowledged in one's self-image. The shadow self consists of elements of the psyche that are not part of a person's conscious identity, and these elements may include unresolved traumas, fears repressed emotions desires and aspects of one's personality that are considered unacceptable undesirable or simply unseen because they're buried under societal norms and quote-unquote acceptable behavior this brings us into shadow work Shadow work aims to bring the contents of the shadow self into conscious awareness and integrate them into one's self-concept. Now, this integration involves acknowledging, accepting, and in some cases, transforming these hidden aspects without judgment, shame, or denial. And it's in a way that ultimately strengthens your being at your core. That being said, let's tackle the first big misconception about the shadow and shadow work as a whole. Shadow work is not all about negative personality traits, or bad behavior rooted in trauma. Addressing the shadow self also includes uncovering your hidden potential and positive traits that you've tucked into your subconscious. By revealing the good, bad, and ugly through shadow work, you're able to have a complete picture of who you are, what you want, and why you want it, which ties right into the intention-setting step of manifestation and makes it more likely to work in your favor. The misconception... Also is that shadow work is done to eliminate every single negative aspect of your personality and become a completely positive person and completely void of all dark aspects of your psyche. But that's also not the case. By exploring and integrating the shadow self, individuals can experience personal growth, greater self-awareness, emotional healing, and a sense of wholeness while still being honest about the darker parts of their being. Instead of being a love and light drone true shadow work allows for a more authentic and balanced self-expression that incorporates all aspects of your identity. When you come to accept all parts of yourself, you now have a rock solid foundation upon which you can clarify your intentions, illustrate your visions, and take inspired actions toward manifesting your dreams. So now that we covered what shadow work is, how do you do it? The good news is that there are several ways to go about it. Two methods that I am a huge fan of and they also happen to be the most popular methods are journaling and therapy. Let's get into those first. Guided journaling helps get the shadows out onto paper and into words. Free writing is an option, but for those who are new to shadow work, guided journaling can help get your mind going with prompts to help direct your thoughts in a way that exposes aspects of your shadow self that need addressing. In fact, um just the other day, TikTok shop got me (laughs) and I ordered um, this really amazing journal that has several guided prompts for the purpose of shadow work. And I find that it's been very productive. Not that I haven't done journaling on my own and found other prompts, but this particular tool I think is a really excellent one for those who want to try guided journaling, but are super new to shadow work and need the extra guidance. So um, I'm pretty sure I could find a link for it. So Yeah, I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes so that you can take a look. Therapy is also a tool that is used in shadow work. And personally, I think that everybody should at some point go to therapy. What I find is that when I'm in therapy and I've been in therapy several and several moments of my life, including now, actually, um, I find that being in the presence and under the care of a licensed professional to help me navigate my life enhances it and helps me uncover negative patterns that I'm able to change because I'm given the tools and coping mechanisms necessary in order to do that, or um, given encouragement and empowerment to reinforce good patterns that are exposed in therapy. And I find that especially if you're doing shadow work and you have any really serious trauma to navigate and uncover, it is so important to do that in the presence of a licensed professional so that you don't spiral And you have somebody to help you walk through some of the not so great things that may have happened to you in your past that has caused you to have negative patterns that are within your shadow. So I am team therapy all the way. And I find that truly amazing licensed professionals exist at multiple price points. I have been in therapy when I had insurance, didn't have insurance, so on and so forth. A quick Google search will help you find ways to enter therapy no matter what the investment may be up top. And also now with platforms like BetterHelp and Talkspace, and there's also one that I've used many times called Open Path Collective, which helps you find therapists on a sliding scale in the event that you don't have insurance. It's super accessible these days, so definitely, definitely, definitely get into therapy. Whether you're doing shadow work intentionally or not, everybody at some point should go to therapy. Another method of shadow work that can be especially liberating is inner child work, which can be done independently or with the help of a professional such as a therapist or a coach. Now, with inner child work, you're able to look back on your childhood with fresh eyes. And with those fresh eyes, you can uncover where some of your generational patterns came from. You also have the opportunity to rediscover things that brought you joy as a child and integrate some of those things into your life. And I find that the especially liberating part of inner child work is being able to give your inner child some grace and healing. Now, one of my favorite exercises that's under the realm of, or rather I should say under the umbrella of inner child work is writing a letter to my younger self. And I've done this several times over the years. And it's really amazing to see how much even in those letters, I have evolved as I've grown up and being able to really understand my inner child A lot more as I get older and I have been able to free little Jazzy as I like to call her from so much and this is an exercise that I recommend that also everybody does at least once to really look back at your younger self and give them some grace because I think that a lot of times we hold on to mistakes that we made as kids or as teenagers and even as young adults and we forget that life is lived forward, but understood backwards. And so we beat ourselves up for choices that we made when we were younger, but not realizing that if we had the wisdom that we have now, we probably would have made a better choice. And you can't judge yourself now for things that you didn't know back then. And that's another thing that I've discovered in doing inner child work is not beating myself up for past mistakes, because as Maya Angelou once wisely said, when you know better, you do better. So again, huge fan of inner child work under the overall um, umbrella of shadow work. Guided meditation is also an option for shadow work, much like how it's used in the visualization phase of manifestation. Meditation and shadow work is a brilliant way to tap into the subconscious by quieting the mind, tuning into the inner depths and uncovering places within that need addressing in the conscious world. For more and more visual listeners, artistic expressions such as drawing or painting is another way to address the shadow in a more abstract but still tangible way. And lastly, simply being more observant of your triggers and beginning the process of asking where those reactions truly come from can act as a practical, real-time way to do shadow work. Let's dive into shadow work and self-care. Shadow work can be a deeply emotional process, therefore it is crucial that you take very good care of yourself during that process, no matter what that looks like for you. So for starters, do not And I repeat, do not try to do all of your shadow work in one sitting. This is a long term, if not ongoing process, and it should be done at a comfortable pace. If you start to feel overwhelmed at any point, be sure to take a break. In my own experience, journaling exercises can be especially triggering for me. They can bring up some big revelations and strong emotions. And in those moments, rather than trying to power through the exercise, I make it a point to take a step back and sometimes take a full day or two to pause and reflect before diving back in. And at times I'll process with a therapist or a coach to help me make sense of what came up for me. And another thing I'll do if I need a break from a shadow work exercise is I'll, um, Do a relaxing activity that's completely unrelated, such as like sketching or my favorite way to kind of quiet my mind when I'm having some stronger reactions to what's coming up for me in shadow work is to watch. So silly, but it works for me watching home DIY decoration videos on YouTube or just plain old watching HGTV to clear my mind, just calm myself down So that I'm able to enter back into whatever shadow work I may be doing, whether it's journaling or drawing or going to therapy, so on and so forth. It's a good way for my mind to decompress from some of the stronger emotions that can come up for me in the midst of doing shadow work. Also important when doing shadow work, make sure that you ground yourself beforehand, during and after. One of my favorite ways to do this is emotional freedom technique, which is also known as EFT or tapping. And that uses tapping motions on certain points of the torso, the hand, the head to reduce the stress response. Now, there are a bajillion videos on YouTube about this, but I learned about this first from... A clinician, a therapist that I worked with in the past, and I still use some of those exercises to this day. Even if I'm not doing shadow work, and I'm just in a high stress situation, um, there are certain points where I like my tap the side of my hand. That's one of my my points that helps me calm down, and repeat in my head like some sort of, I guess you could call it a mantra. Like, okay, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe, and I'm just tapping the side of my hand, and I find that it helps ground me in the moment so that I don't, you know, start feeling overwhelmed or too anxious another way to ground yourself before during after shadow work is doing the five senses exercise which is another thing that I learned in therapy now the five senses exercise is super easy to do so all you have to do is you have to first identify five things you can see in your environment four things you can touch three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. So I'll repeat that. With the five senses grounding technique, you identify five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And in doing this, you anchor yourself in the present moment and in your present environment before going into the recesses of your mind. And this is something that you can come back to should any strong emotions come up and you feel that you're about to maybe spiral a bit. um, Come back to this technique and it will bring you back to center and bring you back to the present. Also, on a serious note, and I'm not even joking when I say this, drink water, keep up with your hygiene and stay nourished. Tears are an inevitable part of the process and it's important to ensure you don't add hunger and dehydration to the emotional fatigue that often comes with shadow work. Speaking of hunger, of course, try to eat healthy. But if you need a piece of chocolate or a glass of wine to help you feel better to help you stay grounded a bit, please go have the piece of chocolate, drink the, <laughs> drink the glass of wine, just don't overindulge. As for hygiene, there is nothing like a good hot shower or a warm bath to help soothe yourself after dealing with some heavy emotions. Wash your hair, wear a face mask, get a mani-pedi or a massage, or do whatever it is that will help you feel a little bit better, um, especially since with sometimes shadow work, when those strong emotions come up, your body can actually get tired. Emotions can tax the body. And so you want to make sure that you're okay on the inside and the out. So be sure to make self-care a priority in the midst of doing shadow work. One of my favorite examples of shadow work in real life is the story of Oprah and the color purple. So for those who are familiar with the film and also the book, Um, Oprah is in the original movie as the character Sophia who plays a pretty pivotal role in the movie even though she's a supporting character she has a major story arc in this film so the way that Oprah came to be in this movie is an incredible example of manifestation and shadow work so let me explain and this is a story that she's told several times over the course of her career it can be found on youtube just search oprah color purple story and i'm sure it'll pop up but i'm going to give you the spark notes version here so at the time she was already in love with a book by alice walker and it is an amazing book i do recommend it and so she was telling everybody about it have you read the color purple have you read the color purple to the point that she was like giving copies to people to read because she just believed in this book so much So it comes out that, oh, they're making a movie adaptation. And talking about the process of manifestation, she sets an intention saying, oh, I'm going to be in this movie. She was determined to be in this movie. Even if she was just a background actress, she just had to be in this movie and involved because she just loved the book so much and wanted to be a part of it. And talking about setting an intention, not only was she given the opportunity to be in the movie it wasn't as, um, just a background actress. She auditioned, got an audition rather for a speaking role for the role of Sophia. Now she auditions for the role, but she also doesn't hear back right away. So she rings up the casting director and inquires. And the casting director was actually quite rude to her. It was not very nice. He was like, like really put her down And said like, oh, you're not even a real actress. How dare you call me? I just had such and such actress read for the part. Who do you think you are? How dare you? Like this person really laid into her. Imagine getting irate with Oprah. My God. Anyway, she, of course, now thinks that because she upset this person that she no longer has the role. And she goes to, I hate calling it this, but it's what it's called, a fat farm. Yikes. But in any case, it's, you know, a place where people lose weight or what have you. So she's walking around the track, crying her eyes out, thinking that she didn't get the part. And this is where the shadow work comes into play. Clearly in this process, she was uprooting feelings of rejection, which can also um, be quite a block when it comes to manifestation, because when you feel as if you're being rejected, You don't even reach out anymore. You don't even try for your dreams. And so you just expect for things to go wrong. So she's dealing with that perceived rejection. And this is where the shadow work comes into play. She goes into a coping mechanism. She starts singing a spiritual, well, is it a spiritual, a hymn? We'll call it a hymn called I Surrender All. So she's singing and walking down this track and slowly but surely she's releasing this feeling of rejection. She first comes to a point of, Well, eventually, he's like, even if I don't get the part, um, I can go see the movie. She gets to that benchmark. And then she continues to sing, continues to cry, walk, so on and so forth. And she gets to a point where she's like, not only can I go see the movie, even if I don't get the part, I can also bless the actress that does get the role instead of me. And as soon as she was able to uproot that, a person from the staff comes running out of, I guess, whatever main building is for this place. And it's a phone call from Steven Spielberg himself, who directed the film. And he tells her, and I quote, if you lose a single pound, you will lose this part. After all that, she ends up getting the part. And my favorite part of the story is that she packs up her bags goes to Dairy Queen to get ice cream to make sure that she did not lose a single pound for this part because the role she was playing the woman is a larger woman and here we are she has an iconic role in the original film The Color Purple and even this year she's behind the reboot the musical reboot and so to see her come full circle and still have this film as a major part of her life and career It's incredible how manifestation worked and how shadow work played such a huge role in making sure that what she visualized and intended for herself did happen. Once she was able to address those feelings of rejection, she got what she intended. And she now has one of the most iconic and quotable parts of the film. So is shadow work ever done? In a word, no. Shadow work is an ongoing process that ebbs and flows in intensity. That being said, this means that there will always be room to improve and elevate your vibration so that as you manifest your future, it can only get better from where you currently stand. And as you uncover, transform, and integrate parts of your shadow, you will inevitably become wiser and have a more empowered outlook on life, which in turn enables you to make better choices in harmony with the future you want. This is why shadow work is so important. When you shed light on your shadow, you illuminate the path ahead for your destiny. Once you do that, that's when manifesting gets really fun. However, what happens when you've done your shadow work and your manifestations still aren't hitting the way you thought they would? There may be some other roadblocks in the way, all of which we will talk about in the next episode. Until then, stay gorgeous, gorgeous.